Great. Well, I just want to take a few minutes just to share something with you. And uh, yeah, what a great day, eh? It's amazing. I, I love, I love Easter. I like, I, I like Christmas. But if we're honest, Christmas gets lost a little bit, doesn't it? In, in amongst all the other stuff that goes on. Um, but uh, Easter is just a beautiful time, springtime, and uh, just a great time just to spend reflecting on Jesus over a few days. Wonderful. Well, I want to talk about hope this morning. Um, we all put our hope in things, don't we? Cast your minds back, 11th of July, 2021. A nation put their hope in 11 young men who kick a ball for a living. 120 minutes later, and the inevitable penalty shootout, and we were gutted. I know I was absolutely gutted. Even people I know that weren't into football that said, oh, I don't care, they were gutted. Or maybe you're not a sports fan, or maybe you are a sports fan, but you're not an English sports fan, and therefore you didn't go through that pain. You actually went through joy. Um, <laughs> maybe you're not an English sports fan, but you are, in fact, a Star Wars fan who, on the 16th of July, 1999, put their hopes in a prequel that just could not deliver to the hype of the originals. <laughs> or maybe... This is a, Maybe you put your hope in a political system and you've woken up the morning after the night before absolutely gutted that your side didn't win. I'm not going to put any sides in that. <laughs> we all put our hope in something, don't we? We all put our hope in things, whether it be dreams, whether it be our careers, whether it be university placements, futures, our relationships. We all have hope. We all want to put our hope in something. There is something within us that longs to put our hope in something, that there has to be more, there has to be better than we have experienced today. We all put our hope in something. The disciples were part of a generation who had lost hope. They were part of a nation 400 years of oppression, uh, 400 years since the uh, Old Testament was written. They've been part of a generation where the tales of Israel's miraculous victories and God appearing in pillars of cloud and fire now just felt like long-lost fairy tales. They were part of a nation that were now oppressed by the foreign power that was the Romans. A nation that was looking for a Messiah. A nation who had writings in their, in their scriptures that told him what a messiah, that a messiah was coming and told him what they thought he'd be like. And so they were pinning their hopes on a messiah, on a saviour. And then Jesus comes along. The disciples were the first people to put their hope in Jesus. They gave up everything and they followed him. For three years, three years, they walked with him, they ate with him, they drank with him, they, tr they listened to him, they listened to his teachings, they sat at his feet. He was their rabbi. They wanted to become more and more like him every day. And they listened, they gave up everything. The disciples believed and put their hope in the fact that he was who he said he was. 
He said he was the saviour. He said he was the Messiah. He said he was the son of God. And the disciples put their faith in that. And then Good Friday comes. Jesus is taken away. He's accused. He's beaten. And he's crucified. The disciples' hope now pinned to a cross. The disciples' hope buried in a tomb. Where has their hope gone? It's very easy for us to forget, isn't it? Because we know the ending. We, we look at the Easter story and we say Jesus was crucified, but then he, he rose again and we know the ending. But the disciples didn't know that. And there's a moment on that Saturday where the disciples have either scattered or they're hiding because their hope is gone. And now, on Easter Sunday, the tomb is empty. The, the, the women have been to the tomb, but the other disciples haven't seen it. They don't believe it. The tomb is empty. Peter goes to the tomb and he stands there. What's going on? Where's my Lord gone? Where has their hope gone? Let's turn to the next part of the story. Luke 24, verse 25. Just checking I'm in the right place. So Luke 24, verse 25. So this is almost... Uh, immediately after the story, the scriptures that Oscar and Oscarito read so beautifully for us. I love that. And, uh, and this is two of Jesus' followers. They're not part of the 11. They're two other followers that are walking on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's about seven miles. Um, so it takes about two hours. And they're walking from Jerusalem to where they live uh, in Emmaus. And as they're walking along, Jesus joins them. So you know when you're walking along and someone just kind of randomly walks up alongside and starts talking to you and you think, who are you? And, and God prevents them from realizing who it is, which is just brilliant. Like, it's just that cheekiness of God that I, I think I've said before that I love that, that kind of, I'm going to turn up, but you're not going to know who I am to start with. Jesus turns up and they start and, and, and he sees how they feel and he says, what's, what's going on? And so they recount the story of the previous few days. They recount the story of seeing Jesus die on the cross. So you recount it and they say, our hope is gone. And then Jesus says this in verse 25. Jesus said to them, you foolish people. Right, just going to stop for a minute. If a guy you didn't know just suddenly turned around to you and went, you foolish people. <laughs> How would you feel? <laughs> anyway, moving on. You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. It's fine, they had a two-hour walk, so plenty of time to listen. 
By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So we went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. (laughs) They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they recognized him as he was breaking bread. I love this story because there's a moment where they're walking with Jesus. There's a moment where they invite him into their house and he's just a stranger to them. But then there's a moment when they see Jesus. As, as he's breaking bread, they suddenly see him. They suddenly see who he is. There's a moment where their hope is restored. And in fact, it's not just like the hope's restored slightly. Their hope is proven. The thing they've been hoping for for the, for the last three years as they've walked with Jesus is suddenly proven. Death is overcome. And all those old prophecies that they knew so well are all fulfilled in that moment. And Jesus, as it says, Jesus goes through the scriptures with them. He explains to them what it all means. Man, can you imagine that? Just hearing Jesus explaining this and this. And then Jesus appears to the disciples multiple times after this. He shows himself to them several times. We heard those stories at the beginning. He appeared to them on the beach making breakfast. Who's that man? Oh, it's Jesus. Come back from the dead and now making breakfast. Amazing. And then he commissions them for the days to come before he ascends into heaven. Jesus is alive today. He is ruling and he is reigning Jesus is the hope for all that will never, ever fail us. Nothing can stop the hope of Jesus. So here's my question for us this morning. Where is our hope today? Where is our hope today? Is it in the fragile things of this world? Is it in money? Is it in health? Is it in education? Is it in the people around you? Or is it in your own ability? At some point, all these things will let us down. That's just, that's just how life is. I love, I love all the people in this room. I love you all. But at some point, I will probably feel let down by you. And you will probably feel let down by me. Because that's just what happens, isn't it? That's just life. That's just relationship. That's just how things are. At some point, I will be sick. 
at some, I would say my education, but my education did fail me. Um, and the grace of God got me, got me to where I am. But at some point, it doesn't matter how educated I am. It doesn't matter how much I know, that will fail me. But Jesus will never fail me. He will never let us down. We put our hope in him. And so this morning, we want to invite you to choose to put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus today. Maybe, maybe you've never done that before. I'd love to speak to you. I'd love to spend some time talking to you about and introducing you to Jesus and explaining to you and praying that he would reveal himself to you. But you know, today is not just about an initial hope, but it's a day of resurrection. And as I was praying and and thinking about this morning, I really believe it's a day of resurrection for many of us. There are hopes, there are dreams, there are ambitions that have failed us. And I believe today Jesus wants to restore some of those. On Friday we came, for those of us who are here, we came and we laid things and we pinned things to the cross that Jesus showed us that we needed to give up that we needed to pin to the cross, to give to him. Today, Jesus is inviting you to to come and get something from him. He wants to restore things. The difference is it's not about me choosing. It's about me allowing Jesus to show me what he's resurrecting in my life because it's for his glory. So maybe it's a dream that God gave you that he wants to breathe new life into. Maybe there's a friendship or a family relationship that God wants to restore. Maybe there's a spiritual habit that has become stale in your life and God wants to breathe new life into. Or maybe it's just simply just a love and a hope in our wonderful Jesus. Jesus.